Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres are getting ready to wrap up their quick two-game set against the Orioles here at Petco on a way back Wednesday. And it's time for you to get comfortable, but not too comfortable, as Mike Janela will be your host. Get your feet off the furniture. Alongside Mike, it's Bob Scanlon, who we hope will be breaking a different kind of news than happened during his last appearance. All right, uh, I'm hearing a, a news in my ear. We have an update okay. on Bob Scanlon. Let's go to Blooper in the studio. He thought the show was at 4 o'clock. He's on his way. All right. Sounds good. And rounding out the crew, it's Mr. February, Mike Grace. This shot we're looking at right now will be uh, Gracie's entry in the social hour calendar. Should we ever put one out? Yeah. It looks good. You pick the month you want, and that's the shot we're looking at (laughs) right there. I'll take Mr. February. It's the least amount of days. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bob Scanlon, and Mike Grace. Happy Wednesday and good morning. Welcome to Padres Social Hour right here in the AMR studio. Bob Scanlon is here on time. Mike Grace is here without the full couch at his disposal. Gosh, you show up late once and all of a sudden it's a, a big issue. I'm here on time, yeah. We, twice. We, oh, twice, I'm sorry. Yeah, twi- <laughs> twice in one twice. season, yeah. Yes, exactly. One, I had a good excuse. My son was playing Little League That's baseball. That's true. That so we can't begrudge you. Yeah, yeah, the other one is just a lack of calendar skills on my part. Don't so, worry. Uh, Randy Jones did the same thing a day after you. We haven't let really? him hear the end of it either. Nice. So perfect. Yeah. You're in good company. I, I continue to say, blame, nope. blame nope. Blooper. It, it's, it's probably his fault on some level. I keep trying level. to, but... None of this is my fault. The schedule was perfect. He's the Teflon perfect. Don over there, man. Nothing sticks to him. He just thinks... No, everything's he a works little bit, with impunity. Everything's a little bit of Blooper's <laughs> fault. Let's, let's be honest with that. Uh, it is a morning show. We're getting you set for a 1241st pitch. Scan enjoying a donut. We actually had some donuts brought to us. That's always fun for a morning show. Special guest. Yeah, brought we do want to shout out. Uh, yeah, so uh, my friend Natalie Wave... And Garrett, she brought with them. Thanks so for the donuts, guys. It was awesome. <laughs> As you guys know, if you've watched the show or followed me on Twitter, I'm you know Portuguese. I'm big into the Portugal soccer, making their run in the Euro Cup right now. Okay. So I went out to watch a couple of the games at the Portuguese club they have in Point Loma. Yeah. Met Natalie there. She's like, oh, you're on the show. We'd love to bring Garrett. Come check it out. Nice. And she said, hey, Wednesday in the morning, we'll bring you donuts. And I said, hey, yeah, a of fellow course. Portuguese. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great to have you. Are these Portuguese donuts? <laughs> I don't think there's such a thing. <laughs> Darn. Oh, well. <laughs> Muito obrigado. So we got some donuts, and we got a lot of baseball to talk. We have some guests coming by today. So Mike D is going to stop by. Good. We'll talk about the Padres Hall of Fame, which is opening up on Friday. So we're going to get a little preview from the man who knows as much about it as anyone else. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, the You've probably already seen it, awesome. though, huh? I, I've seen a little bit of it, yeah, some of the work going on. Yeah. putting into a lot, a lot of technology in this one. It's going to be pretty neat. Awesome. It will be, yeah. Looking forward to it. We're about uh, 48 hours away now from the big ribbon cutting. So the will countdown's on. Will they have donuts? At, is that part of the... Uh, uh, I think they're going. They're, they're bumping it up more of a lunch really? fair. Really? They're going high grade? Lunch fair. Wow. Ooh, All right. Yeah. Nice. That's big time. That's how you know you made it. Uh, James Blake coming by, too, the uh, former tennis player, or still a tennis player, World Team Tennis, throwing out the first pitch today, former U.S. men's number one player. So this is a guy who knows uh, what he's talking about. So we're going to have him chatting with us as well. We're going to talk Melvin Upton's catch from last night, which was incredible. Heck of a catch. Oh, incredible. We're going to preview today's game, too. As you heard at the top of the show, it's the finale of a quick two-game series. So we'll get to all that. Uh, but first, let's get to the game uh, last night. And anything you want to talk about as we continue along here, make sure to use, as always, the hashtag PadresSH to chime in. There's also the chat happening live at Padres.com slash social hour. Now, you look at the final score last night, 
11 to 7, hey, high-scoring affair, slugfest back and forth. No, that did not tell the story of it. <laughs> uh, it was the Orioles all the way. They just dominated. And this is a team that's been very roller coaster this year. They've won seven straight. Then they drop eight of ten. Then they come back and win a bunch in a row. Right now, six straight. The Padres are catching them at a very tough time. But, again, it was just the home runs for the Orioles and Eric Johnson giving them up. They love the long ball, don't they? I mean, these, these guys don't mess around. They lead all of Major League they, Baseball. They've got a history of it, right? Yeah. Going all the way back to Earl Weaver in, right. the, in those days. Right, yeah. Give me the three-run home run any day was Earl Weaver's thing. You know? yep. So these guys slug. There's no question about it. And you can't make mistakes. Eric Johnson was making some mistakes yesterday. Um, Carlos Villanueva, same thing. I mean, when you put your team in a hole 11 runs early on in a ball game, it's tough to come back. To the Padres' credit, the offense just never gives up, do they? I mean, no. they score six runs in their last nine outs to try to get back in this thing. And uh, as you mentioned, some other exciting things as well. So it's not all doom and gloom and let's face it the Padres have been playing some good baseball as well having beaten the Nationals took care of business against the Reds uh, and they beat the Orioles Orioles. exactly so they've beaten you know two of the best teams statistically in baseball in the Nats and and the Orioles and hopefully they can Finish some business today. Yeah, it's just tough when you've got a guy struggling like Eric Johnson is in the rotation. And, uh, you know, he's just not putting his ball where he wants. You know, obviously you can speak to this a lot better than any of us can. But uh, I see a lot of him in, kind of in a right-handed Eric Stoltz, a guy that uh, if he's not hitting his spots exactly, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. And we've seen that in pretty much each one of his starts. No question about it. I mean, we always talk about the three ways that you've got to get guys out. I mean, in, in terms of fastball it's location is number one movement is number two velocity is number three what we're seeing is guy he doesn't have the velocity all right I mean he's 90 which is fine I mean you can get yeah. guys out but he's not going to blow things by guys so you either have to paint or have incredible movement and what I've seen is the, neither the ability to paint nor great movement on the breaking ball you, you did the Stoltz comparison which I think is fairly accurate except that Eric had that big slow curve right, ball and right, a couple right. other things to sort of work back and forth with that I don't see Eric Johnson having right now in his repertoire uh, and it's making it difficult for him yeah I think Andy was saying that he thinks there's more slide in his slider and it's just not there yet. So maybe he does have that breaking ball that we haven't seen yet. My comparison with Stoltz is that we saw – Eric Stoltz really succeed sure. when he's right on. Yeah. And we saw him really get hit hard when he wasn't. You know, there's just no room for an error with a pitching arsenal right. like that. Similar in terms of margin for error being very small. Uh, and, right. and right now, because Eric apparently doesn't have the slider that he normally has, it's even smaller because right. at least Eric, if he wasn't pinpoint perfect with location, he could still work back and forth and keep guys a little bit more off balance. Right. And Andy Green saying after the game yesterday, Johnson came to the Padres with the mentality of wanting to always work away. But when you don't have that stuff, those hitters can sit on that. you got to pound them in, and then that will make your maybe your not-so-great slider appear at least a little more impressive. And that's something that I guess they still have to work on before his next turn. Well, I saw a lot of pitches away, away, away early. And look, you've got to be able to get to that outside corner. And, and I, I had a pitching coach, what they call the rhythm away. You've got to be able to get to that outside corner. It's sort of your safety zone. Whatever's going on as a pitcher, if you can get to that low outside corner, you've got a place that you can go to. That being said, you cannot live there. And what we saw yesterday are some hits, quite frankly, on pitches that were out over the plate. And you saw how comfortable those pitchers, those hitters were, like Adam Jones leaning out over. Now, this one's a mistake down and in. The Chris Davis home run. Yeah, Yeah. dangerous zone to any left-hander down and in. uh, Sorry, the Kim home run we're watching first. My apologies. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the the point is, you know, mistakes in the zone, this team is going to hurt you. The major league hitters, they're supposed to. Yeah, it's – and, again, the the numbers, I mean, they don't lie. He had seven home runs in 14 and two-thirds entering yesterday, allows one on the first pitch, and now nine homers in in 19 innings and change. That's not good. It's not going to work for you. Well, and and at what point can he not get better – 
in the short term at this level? At what point does he need to go down and get confidence, maybe a triple A? Can he f sort this out? You know, I, working with Darren Balls is always going to be a great thing. Uh, but at some point, just, you know, getting your, your head kicked in every night is, is not going to do a lot for your confidence. Yeah, no, it, it just depends on what it is that you need to work on. And, and can you get it done? Now, if it's one thing, you know, look, if he's locating the fastball and the only thing is the slider just hasn't had the depth, you say, okay, there's one piece of the puzzle that we need to fix, and I think we can do it here with a little bit of a different grip, uh, you know, reaching out a little bit more, whatever Darren Balsley does and his magic down on those bullpens, right? I'm not sure that it's one thing to fix in this situation. And sure. if that's the case, oftentimes it is better to go down to AAA. Not that you can't fix it at the major league level, but it sure is a lot easier down in AAA as we've talked about. Do a full overhaul as opposed to just the one tweak that may work in a bullpen session. Well, I don't know if I'll say full overhaul, but okay. certainly more than one things that right. you need to work on. Okay. You know, it's, it's just I don't want to be technical with the semantics there, but the overhaul is usually like, we're going to change your arm slot and we're going to do this, that, and the yeah, other you thing. You know, as Grace and I are, are quick to point out, you know a lot more than us, so uh, understandable. And, and sometimes it is just a confidence thing. And just get away from the pressure of a big league game. I mean, I, I think maybe that could help hey, as well, right? you want to perform. I mean, as much as Absolutely. they might say, hey, look, go out there, work on something, we're going to work on some things. Look, you're on the major, you're on the biggest stage in the world of professional right. sports. You want to win. You want to get it done, and you're expected to win. It's difficult to start trying things and tweaking things at this level. Yeah, it, it will be tough, but they got to do something because, yeah. uh, I mean, Andrew Castro's coming back, and he last night had three good innings at Lake Elsinore in a rehab start, but Tyson yep. Ross still a little bit off. They're going to need Johnson, especially if the Perdomo innings have to get curtailed. And, Ray, they're going to need someone to eat up these innings in that rotation. And, and let's be honest, he was brought yeah. on to do, to that. do that. I yeah. mean, you don't trade away James Shields and get a piece back, and right. just he's going to get more than one or two starts he has, but this is a guy that's expected to be able to give him some innings, and I, they want to see him do that. Yeah, and at uh, this point, it hasn't worked, so they're going to have to figure something out. Uh, we're going to get to Melvin Upton. We're going to dedicate a lot of time to him in the next segment, but before we do that, do want to talk about uh, Will Myers quickly. Another home run yesterday. Yeah. Now the most June home runs in Padres history with 11. He also has 20 extra base hits in June. That's the third time a Padre has 20 extra base hits or more in a single month. And Greg Vaughn has the record, May 98. It's only 21, so Will's got two days to get a double, triple, a homer, oh, or two of them to get the record, one to tie. And uh, this is, I think, a very impressive stat. The most me, and you guys can speak to this having been around here longer than I have, he's got 12 home runs at Petco already this year. The Petco record for a Padres 15 in a single season. So assuming Will Myers stays healthy, he's got more than half a year left to hit four home runs and have that record all to himself here in this park. I know they've changed the dimensions and some of the Nope. The different atmospheric but stuff, but he's crushing. Yeah, look at that swing right there. And the thing about the home runs, I've always said, and I still believe it, that Petco Park more than plays fair for right-handed power hitters. And he, we saw him pull that one. Now, the previous one that you saw in the video right there, he was driving the ball opposite field. Not all of these home runs have been just trying to get to the short porch over here right. and left. He's been able to drive the ball opposite field as well. That's the part to me that's so impressive. And when you look at that swing on video that we just saw, he does such a great job of staying back staying behind the ball, not lunging, which allows him to be able to get to the off-speed pitch. It allows him to use his hands to drive the ball opposite field with power. It's just, from a pitcher standpoint, it's scary to watch. As a fan of the Padres and Will Myers, it's fun to watch. From a fan standpoint, I mean, Gracie, you've seen more of these seasons than almost anybody recently. Yeah. Where does this month, this Will Myers June locked-in month, rank for you among some of these great months that we talk about I mean, I think it's, numbers. it's right up there with the two months Chase Headley had uh, at the end of, what, 2012 oh, when, he was, when he was yeah. on fire. Uh, but, I mean, what, what Bob said, the opposite field power to right field. I mean, right field is shortened from when this place opened, but it's still, you know, a fairly pitcher's park. And, I mean, that's when he's going well is when he's hitting to the right center gap, hitting to right field. And uh, he didn't think he got that one last night. You could tell by his reaction. And, and it carried a little bit at night. So – 
what he's doing, I mean, and we've seen a lot of offensive progression in general at this ballpark, but, but what he's doing up there, it, it's at the top of anything a, a Padre player's done. Yeah, and you've got, you've got two more days, today and tomorrow, to vote this guy into the All-Star game. At least make a respectable <laughs> showing for him, because he's doing everything necessary to deserve those votes. So uh, get out there and, and do it for sure. But yeah, he's crushing, so uh, Will Myers just keeps it going. Unfortunately, last night in the loss. Uh, earlier today, though, the Padres recognized Scott's, the official lawn care company of Major League Baseball and the San Diego Padres, for its work in renovating the baseball field at Mountain View Park as part of Scott's national It's Good Out Here field refurbishment program. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk that amazing Melvin Upton catch. We want to give it all the time that it deserves because that thing was incredible. And Mike Grace has a couple scorching hot takes he's been saving since last night. Blooper's already shaking his head. You're not going to want to miss that. We're back with more Padres Social Hour right after this. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. At 12.40, Christian Friedrich toes the slab for the Padres against Giovanni Gallardo on the hill for the Orioles, the finale of the series between the Pods and the O's. Thanks for joining us here on Padres Social Hour. Always like to know on these weekday morning shows, if anyone's watching, we like to know that you guys are <laughs> up with us or at work, you know, tuning in. Uh, Friar Fever, always watching. He tweets in, uh, time for Padres Social Hour. Uh, Seth Foster and Mike Janela can just pretend I'm there critiquing their every word. Don't press that button, blooper. So, you're good? You yeah, didn't press the button? Fire, wow. Fire fever scares me. <laughs> Holding your feet to the fire, isn't he? Very yeah, much so, right. yeah. No, so uh, let us know. It. Yeah, hashtag PadresSH if you uh, want to chat with us. By the way, I still can't get over how today. your shirt looks purple right now. I know, it's on blue. The screen. It's blue and red yeah, checks. Yeah, it's awesome. But when you look at it from a distance, the magic of yeah, it's science, like a, it's purple. It's like the trick they do on some of those cars where you got the red tail light, but you put the little blue light in the middle of it and it actually makes it look purple. I don't I've know if you've never seen that. Oh, you haven't seen that? No, oh, okay. Fast and Furious stuff you're, yeah, you're talking yeah. there. That's up on Mooney Boulevard up in uh, uh, Roseville, California. Okay. Yeah, uh, actually Visalia. And the, everybody takes their cars and they drive them along uh, Mooney Boulevard, the big drag at night, and they do all these cool things with lights and stuff on the cars. And I first saw the purple lights, and I thought, That's how do you do the purple light? And notice it's a blue and a red. Blue so and red, yeah. yeah the optical science. Yeah, Biv, wow. Yeah, yeah. Got, that, got the Mooney exactly. Boulevard shirt going on right now. You look I guess. sharp, the man. Look. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, too. Always. Uh, before we move on, by the way, uh, this news from the Padres just tweeting out. I uh, remember Skip Schumacher was down in Peoria spring training trying to get a roster spot. Decided it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. They've hired him. He's back. He is now an assistant to baseball operations and player development. So he was a guy that everyone in that locker room loved down in Peoria. Andy Green loved him, too. So nice to see Skip back in the fall. Yeah, no, it's neat because I think he just decided it was time. You know, he just felt like Father Time was telling him in his body it's just not going to work out anymore. But he still obviously loves the game, wants to be around it, and the game still wants him. So a good opportunity for him. And I feel like it's one of those moves where you hear about it and you just feel like, hey, the organization just got stronger. You've got another good baseball man uh, in the fold. Well, congrats to Skip. Uh, looking forward to seeing him around here now uh, nowadays. All right, let's get to, unfortunately, in the loss last night, that this was for naught in the end, but that Melvin Upton catch yesterday. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Uh, so he robs a home run. He's playing center field. John Jay injured. No big deal. Moving him back from left where he has excelled this year. Arguably gold glove caliber defense out there uh, in left. Put him back in center. It's like riding a bike, I guess, for you and me as him robbing home runs in center field. Uh, AJ Casavell tweeted this last night as we watch it. It's a straightaway shot right to center, and Melvin leaps up, and it's one of those where he actually reaches over the wall to grab it, not one of those home run robs where you kind of get it in midair and then crash into the wall, and then he throws back to first to double up uh, poor Mark Trumbo, who was already halfway <laughs> around second base to third, and uh, the look on Trumbo's face was more like, uh, like he just saw a ghost. Uh, AJ Casavell, MLB.com, the reporter for the Padres last night, has the access to all the stat cast and the fancy numbers. 
says that Melvin covered 98 feet and had a, a throwback of 92 miles an hour to get Trumbo. Only the third time in the last two years anyone in Major League Baseball has had a 90-90 combo on a play like that in the outfield. I mean, that's why you come to the game, right? That's why you buy a ticket to see something like that. Absolutely, and obviously he's going to get a steak dinner from the <laughs> 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 got right? You got to take care of the boy that's saving your runs right there. Right. Eh? Eric Johnson owes him a big old steak out of Morton's or something. But the thing that was so impressive to me about that catch as well is the way he goes back and he does it, right? So we, we mentioned that it's straight over his head. Now, normally what you see on those plays is the guy gets to the wall, the, you know, the, the, the classic reach out for it, find the wall, yep. time your leap. He never finds the wall. Watch, as your hand is reaching, 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 he never actually feels it. So he has to just go on instinct of where he is in, rel in relation to that fence. That's from practice. That's from doing things during batting practice to know the dimensions of your field. Look at that little crevice right there. He knows I'm not at the corner, I'm not quite at the wall, and I'm still able to reach up and get over the fence. That's not just athleticism right there. That's that's a lot of knowing your home ballpark and uh, just great timing on his part. Natural instincts, like just a natural fielder. Some guys just have that innate ability for whatever reason, and he's obviously one of those guys. Uh, had the presence of mind to quickly fire the ball back to first. You know, he said he was surprised that the ball was in there because it's such a, you know, slim chance that he actually can make that play because it's so difficult. But right. then he fires it right back in, gets the double play. Uh, such an incredible catch. And, you know, sometimes you see guys, they, they jump right at the wall. But that one, when you get the glove whip over the wall, right. that's when you know you truly, truly took a home run away like from a guy. That like, there's uh, no question about it. That uh, Vince Carter dunk contest when he was with the Rafters where he puts the whole arm through the basketball <laughs> through the rim. It's exactly. like that when the arm is over the wall. That's how you yep. know. Right. Exactly. All right, so I'm going to put you guys now on the Cholula hot seat now that we've established that catch because uh, Blooper did a great job of uh, calling some of the great home run robs uh, of all time of recent memory uh, well, take a out look. in the outfield. So we got some, some – Ones to look at here. Who we got? So this is at Old Tiger Stadium, and we're going chronologically here. Ken Griffey, I mean, look at that one. He w that was armpit over the fence. Then you got Torrey Hunter robbing Barry Bonds in the All-Star Game in Milwaukee a few years back. If you I remember. was there for this one. Oh, you saw that one live? I saw it live. I mean, that was a good one, too. Unbelievable. That, that was more the, the scaling the wall. Here's Gary Matthews, Jr., and this was a catch I remember, I think, Baseball Tonight gave it its web gem of the year, the year that it happened, and deservedly so. Um, so he grabbed that one. We got a couple more. The, this one near and dear to the hearts of all Mets fans, uh, Andy Chavez with the Game 7 Rob in the NLCS 2006, also like Melvin Upton, then doubling up the runner at first base. Uh, everyone thought the Mets were going to win that game. They did not. And I uh, hear Mike Trout uh, making himself iconic with, uh, he's had a couple of these himself, robbing it to the center field wall. He even liked that one. He loved that one. And then uh, Kevin Kiermeyer last year, this was just incredible as well. Uh, again, shoulder socket up at the top of the wall. <laughs> So uh, I'm not going to ask you to compare Melvin's play to the best plays you've ever seen because there are so many others. And feel free to tweet us in, again, hashtag PadresSH, with any that we might have missed. But in terms of center fielders that have been able to do that kind of stuff over and over, I mean, who's, who's the best defensive center fielder you've ever played with, Bob, or seen Mike, or seen Bob? you have a favorite that you watched? Uh... Best center fielder for the Padres, Steve Finley. There's a, there's a play in a video we show before every game, the Padres history video, where he does, and he gets the nice whip of, uh, over the fence at, at Qualcomm Stadium, and that old fence that used to really give. Sure, yeah, really yeah, cool. had some give to it, yeah. The most talented center fielder that ever played here was Ruben Rivera. I mean, he, fast, Physically armed, gifted. Physically gifted. That's I what mean, he meant by talented, yeah. I mean, exactly. he, was, he was unbelievable, but he just didn't have the, the head to put it all together. But Finley was, was incredible.
Yeah, so great. I love the Steve Finley comparison right there. As far as guys that I played against and watched in my era, Ken Griffey Jr. That's why when the first one was there, that was, was, like, that, that was, was my man. guy. I mean, he was the man. Oh, he was. He was amazing, and he made it look easy. He Yo. did plays that other guys wouldn't even come close to getting to, let alone being able to execute, uh, and he made it look fun doing it the whole time. So he was my favorite to watch. As far as guys that I actually played with and saved my bacon a few times, <laughs> I got to go with Willie Wilson when I was with the Cubs, and also a guy by the name of Johnny Damon when I was with the mm. Kansas City Royals. A young Johnny Damon could really cover some ground out there and uh, probably saved me a lot of a lot of runs and kept my ERA under seven. Oh, no, which is nice. Which you want to keep yeah, it in that I neighborhood, that. right? So, yeah, I, I owe a lot of steak dinners out there. It's like between Damon and Beltron, the yeah. Royals had some good center field <laughs> production uh, before those guys obviously left for greener pastures right. in more ways than one. Yep. Ken, Kenny Lofton's probably the other guy that I remember uh, growing up watching playing an amazing center field. And he's got a couple just uh, wall grabbers that, that were incredible, yeah, you know, really with that whip. So. This Griffey one. I think it's mostly uh, just to enjoy old Tiger Stadium, too. Uh, that's part of the joy of watching this Ken Griffey Jr. catch. Um, I loved, I mean, he got a little bit out of this part of his game as he got older and bigger. But uh, Andrew Jones, when he first came up, I remember how shallow he used to play, almost taunting guys to hit it over his head because yeah. he was going to catch everything anyway. Yep. So when he came up, and just like burst on the scene. I'd never seen anything like that before. Nor had I. In fact, he was probably maybe next to Ken Griffey Jr., the most talented young outfielder I saw because I was actually in AAA for a brief period of time as he was coming up right before he got called up to the big league. So I got a chance to see him yeah. as a 19-year-old, and, and he was just at a different level. I mean, it didn't take any special scouting eyes to see that this guy was something special and just a different athlete beyond everybody else. And as you said, before he got uh, a little bit bigger, he, he was one of the best yeah. at covering ground. Just ah. the guy that's he, he was sitting under balls that guys were diving for. Right. I mean, the first yeah. step, he was yep. – he was incredible. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get, you know, uh, Willie Mays and from all the old-timers shooting sure. in. But, yeah, let us know. Best center fielder defensively. I wish I'd seen, seen Willie Mays. Yeah, would have would have been great. Yeah. Um, but, no, again, this is all uh, coming from that Melvin Upton Jr. catch last night, which was just incredible. Hang another star for him. He's been doing it all year long. It's been great. Uh, yeah, exactly. We don't have <laughs> one here. We have to borrow it from <laughs> Jesse Agler up in the booth uh, for Bob sometime. Um, speaking of great young players, we saw one on display here for the Orioles yesterday. Uh, Manny Machado. And we talked about him on the show yesterday, and Gracie was on with us yesterday. He's pulling back-to-back -back duty, which we call you know, nice pulling a scan, man. pulling a bob. And, uh, and Mike kept referring to Manny on the show as a shortstop, even though Manny's been playing third base predominantly for the Orioles. Blooper, after the game, was giving Gracie so much of a hard time about that, and Bob's shaking his head, kind of wondering right now. So before you guys get into it, I want to let Grace state his case for why he intentionally thinks Manny Machado should still be referred to as a shortstop. Because... Since Manny Machado's come up, J.J. Hardy has been a member of the Orioles at a high salary. Manny Machado is playing out of position. He is a natural shortstop who can play above average defense at shortstop. If he's traded to almost any team in the league, he plays shortstop for that team, increasing his value exponentially. He should be playing shortstop. If you, listen, if you read a guy like Keith Law, the guys with, with, with you know, the scouting backgrounds, he should be playing shortstop. And it'd be like if Cal Ripken played third base his whole career. You know, it changes what kind of a player he is. That's my point. Is he should be playing shortstop right now. He's not because J.J. Hardy's on this team. And there are a dearth of third basemen in the league, so that's why he fills that role. But he should be playing shortstop. Bob, I sense a butt coming. I don't think there's any argument that he can play shortstop. Obviously, he can, but that's, I mean, Craig Biggio, we remember him as a second baseman, right? But he was actually an outstanding catcher. He could have gone back behind the plate. I mean, there's so many players who are playing, quote-unquote, out of position. I find it difficult to label him a shortstop. He's a third baseman right now. Look, I could even maybe go that direction if I looked at the numbers and said, okay, half the time he's at short, half the time he's at third, he's normally a shortstop, but he, 
it, the ratio is 10 to 1 of how many games he's played at third base. Over. Right saying? now he's a third baseman. Can he play shortstop? Absolutely. And when he goes over there at some point, will he be outstanding? Yeah, but right now he's a third baseman. Let's honor the so third what he's, baseman. He's, he's 23 years old, right? Like right around there? Yeah. I, my point is, by the end of his career, I think he plays more shortstop than he does third baseman, which absolutely changes his perception and his legacy as a baseball player. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to change his legacy because he's already recognized How can it not? Well, because he's already the best defensive third baseman behind but like, uh, but okay. Nolan Arenado, and he'll, he'll play some shortstop in, before it's all said and done. But do we but need to call him a shortstop? He plays third base. And I think he's the a issue, I mean, this is Blooper's issue, is talking about what he's done to this point as opposed to what he might do. Right, Bloop? That's the, he's the point you were making. He's played 10% of his career That's what I said, yeah. It's been a 10 to 1 ratio. And I asked the best baseball minds I know last night, and you're the only one that said he's a shortstop. Fair enough. Right hey, now he's I a mean, third baseman. Can he play shortstop? Sure. My point is he should be a shortstop. He absolutely should be a shortstop. Right. But should, I should have been a first baseman, but I had but they put me on the mound and I kept giving up runs. I mean, it's <laughs> so at some yeah, point and, until he <laughs> until he gets there, I think I'm I'm with the scan and bloop. No offense, Gracie, but I'm with them yeah, calling him a third baseman until yeah. proven otherwise. Well, what happens if you got another great young shortstop coming up and you feel like let's put this kid at shortstop to take over for Hardy and now he stays at third base not because Machado is a, but it's what's best for the organization. I mean, we could be labeling him the guy that should be at shortstop the rest of his career, and at that point, it's a real interesting discussion. I, and I think it's an underutilized asset at that point. Well, that's depending a whole different on, conversation. Depending on who's already over at shortstop. I mean, again, if they yeah. have a great young stud shortstop coming up. Yeah, we just don't know until we see who that guy is. Yeah. Sorry, Gracie. You're on your own on this one, I think. Uh, you're wrong, Gracie. That's all right. I've been on a lot of islands enjoy myself. Enjoy that island. Yeah, exactly. We'll <laughs> send Skip supplies. Bayless of Padre Social <laughs> we'll Hour. Here supplies. we go. <laughs> that's the Cholula Hot Seat. Uncapped real flavor with Cholula Hot Sauce. The hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. When we come back, Mike D is here to preview with us the opening of the Padres Hall of Fame, talk some international signing period coming up as well. So don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. We are just over a little more than one hour away from game two. First pitch getting started. The Padres hosting the Orioles here. But until we get to that, we're joining you here from the AMR studio, Padres Social Hour. Joining us now is Padres President and CEO, Mike D. Thanks for taking the time, Mike. How are you? Always fun to be here on the Social Hour set. Great to have you on the couch. Scan, yeah, the yeah. couch. This is <laughs> big. Comfy. Yeah. This is a new couch. We, we get feels, you. feels bigger. Uh, no, it's, it's the same couch we've had, I think, all year long. No, but so. we got the upgraded IT version of the microphones, which yeah, is this nice. this fancy. I'm not. This is my uh, rookie, uh, <laughs> my rookie day. Right, right. Say. You're used to the headphones. Yeah, And we've got donuts, so if you need a donut, we can get you a donut while you're here, too. Yeah, thank I saw those. <laughs> yeah, <there. That's laughs> good. We take care of, the fans take care of us. We take care of you. That's <laughs> how it works. Uh, you're here, Mike, to talk predominantly about, I mean, it's a busy few weeks coming up. All-Star game, everyone knows that's coming, all the fanfare around that. But also for the Padres, Friday, Hall of Fame opens. And, uh, you know, I'm sure this is something that has been in, in the back of your mind to the front of your mind. And finally, the day is here. Uh, give us an update now with 48 hours to go. Where does everything stand? How excited <laughs> are you to finally cut that ribbon? First, first and foremost, we're thankful there's 48 hours to go because <laughs> there's still some work uh, being done out there. But, uh, no, we've had uh, a team working on uh, this project for two years, really. And it's a great opportunity for us and a once-in-a-lifetime chance to tell the story, not just of the Padres, but of baseball in San Diego, which, believe it or not, dates back to 1871. So that's where the, the story begins as you enter the Hall of Fame and, and through uh, you know 2016, and the All-Star Game will be the last part of the timeline. And, of course, in the middle of the Hall of Fame will be those who have been enshrined. Uh, Ted Williams will be the latest uh, this Friday night, as you guys have discussed, and Ken Caminiti in August. So... I think fans are going to love it. It was an unfulfilled promise of Petco Park when it was built, and 
I've, I have this rendering in my office of, uh, of you know, we used during the campaign, Proposition C, and it shows the Hall of Fame exactly where it's going. So it's nice to be able to uh, complete that job, uh, you know, 15 years after that uh, was originally designed. And I hope fans, I know fans are going to love it. It's something that we're really proud of. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, Mike, I, I think of what a daunting task it must be to gather all the memorabilia, all the artifacts, all the information. Mm -hmm. Where do you begin with that? And I've heard different stories in terms of how much the Padres actually had, even recently. Has there been a lot of acquisitions that's been made? Yeah, you know, we have some artifacts there, uh, but it's more focused on uh, photos, imagery, telling the story of baseball. We use uh, video and audio, uh, you know, 21st century technology throughout. Sony's been a tremendous partner on the project with us, and there'll be a special announcement with regard uh, to their participation on Friday. So I think it's a blend of some of the artifacts, but also a, a lot of high tech and, uh, and the ability to see not just still shots of these great players and moments, but also the video that accompanies them. Cool. I think you'd agree it's very imperative for any franchise with this kind of history to have a physical, tangible space you can go to. And a lot of other organizations we just saw with Cincinnati, with the Padres on the road last week, they've got a great one. Did you guys take any influences or inspiration from other people's work to make this unique Padres piece? We did. In, in the Cincinnati uh, Museum is tr tremendous. We were there last year for the All-Star Game, and in my NFL days, I got a chance to visit Green Bay, which I think is the mm. gold standard mm. in the NFL. You know, we were working comparatively with a lot less space. Our interior space is only 2,000 square feet, so we did it the San Diego way, which is annexing the exterior and Padres Hall of Fame Plaza, which will be an extension of the interior space, will house those replica Cooperstown plaques that showcases the great players who were in San Diego but entered the hall in Cooperstown wearing a different cap. They may have made their, their principal uh, mark elsewhere, but those players should be celebrated as well because they're part of the Padres story. And uh, I just can't wait for, for fans to see it. I'm going to be standing out there uh, hosting a group of fans uh, throughout the day on Friday around the ceremonial ribbon cutting. And uh, to see the reaction is going to be great. And not just seeing it, but I guess interacting too. I mean, I've heard different things about people bringing in their own photos and there's a lot of interactive yeah. elements to it. Or? A little sneak preview, but you know, Ray Kroc <laughs> is uh, such a, a big part of Padres history and such a big part of McDonald's history. So, you know, the old golden arches over blank billion served. We're going to do that with our fan, kind of an <laughs> ongoing fan count. That's cool. And uh, nice. mixed in with that particular monitor are pictures of fans, not just from today, but, you know, pictures of uh, the Murph in 1970. And we're going to encourage fans to send us their photos, and we'll put those into the loop so fans can be a part of the Hall of Fame uh, as well. It's going to be great. And then in terms of the induction ceremonies now moving forward, Ted Williams is the first one on Friday. What can we expect uh, those to be? What can fans that are, will be here on Friday night, for example, look forward to and moving forward? Well, Ted's daughter, Claudia, is flying in uh, for the ceremony, so she'll be a part of it as well. So it's great to have a Williams family member here. Uh, we tried to track down all of Ted's uh, high school classmates from Hoover High, a uh, class of <laughs> 1935. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not, not a lot of those guys uh, and, and ladies around at this point. But and able uh, to travel. You know, <laughs> so exactly, yeah. or a long-distance flight. But, uh, you know, I think that for us, Ted's, you know, legacy, and, and I got to see the Boston part of it when I was there, but this is about his San Diego chapter, which is a pretty significant part. I mean, there's a reason why there's the Ted Williams Parkway. Uh, Route 56 in San Diego. I mean, yeah. he grew up here. He was raised here. He played his youth baseball here. He was a star at Hoover High. He was a member of the 1937 Padres, the first championship team in Padres history, the PCL champs in 37, and, and a guy who really led that team offensively. So um, we're going to enshrine uh, his great memory 
overall, but in particular, you'll see imagery that relates to his time here in San Diego. You know, Mike, you mentioned that you were here at the inception of it. When they're first building Petco, you saw the initial vision. What's the one thing maybe that's changed the most since that initial vision that you're most excited about? Yeah, I think technology. Okay. Sure. I mean, you, yeah. you know, when you're designing that in 1997, you, you think about what, you know, people are being able to post, like, their own pictures and, you know, the social media and, and that none of that was around. There w- yeah. would be no social hour in 1996. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I came around now and not then. Exactly. <laughs> so I think the technology, 4K resolution, Sony's uh, kind of gold standard marquee product that's on the market today. So the imagery is really clean and crisp. Even those images that weren't high def when they were shot yeah. really come across uh, clear uh, in the Hall of that's Fame. Cool. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. We announced this week we're going to open a, a social hour Hall of Fame too, induct some artifacts <laughs> from the first three years of the show. Uh, Blue Jesse Agler's coffee mug? Or right, or 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 I think the backpack was voted. <laughs> yeah, we're, try, we're trying to see. <laughs> as you know, it's hard tracking some of these things down, <laughs> so it depends what we can get our hands on. Uh, Blooper says that you know about his toms that we might induct his, his uh, yeah shoes? his uh, <laughs> the initial shoes I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know about those though. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, you don't you gotta find something else you I'm don't not have sure they ever made it out of Peoria yeah. oh, <laughs> in, uh, yeah. 2014 great point so we'll reveal those uh, later this week as well um, but also a big week and just uh, shifting gears from the Hall of Fame on Saturday international signing period opens up this along with the draft is something that the front office has been really putting a lot of eggs into that basket for a long time how excited are you guys for that to finally be here and can you give us any updates on strategy or anything like that well our strategy is to be aggressive you know our guys uh, have done their homework AJ of course has been in the middle of that that's his background but Chris Kemp our director of international scouting has basically relocated to the Dominican Republic over the last year spent a lot of time scouting throughout you know Central um, America South America the Caribbean and Mexico and I think um, if all goes according to plan we're hopeful to have a a very good class that we can begin to celebrate on Saturday it is a year-long signing period, right. so Saturday is just the first day of what we hope will be uh, other signings and other other uh, players that will come uh, following Saturday's crop. But we've done our homework; we're ready to go. When you put those guys with our draft class, which uh, you know, I'm sure you've talked about it, but Quantrell <laughs> and Lauer make their uh, debut uh, tomorrow night in uh, in Phoenix, and a group of us are going over for that to see their first AZL performance. So it's exciting to start to see a core group of 30, 35, 40 bonafide prospects come together that we can all watch grow and, and be uh, here in San Diego hopefully very soon. Mike, the Dominican Academy, how important is that in terms of getting some of these uh, international signees on board? It's very important. You know, every team has a Dominican Academy. Ours is best in class. Unfortunately, as you guys know, our, our report card coming out of the Dominican hasn't been great. There haven't been a lot of, uh, you know, impact players that we've uh, scouted, signed, and developed. So, you know, it was a big reason for AJ's hiring and the staff that he's put together has been focused on this day July 2nd, 2016, since August of 2014 when we hired him. So let's hope that the production uh, out of that beautiful building and structure that we're proud of uh, starts to uh, show the signs. Yeah, this is his wheelhouse, right? This is the international stuff, yeah. This this is, uh, you know. it's easy. It seems like AJ's been here for you know five years. I mean, this is, he just finished his second draft, and yeah. you know, really, these kids that you sign when they're 16, you start to scout them when they're 14 years old. So it took two years for us to really get 
a feel yeah. for what was. Uh, See those seeds planted finally. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, good luck on Saturday, Mike, and uh, good luck on Friday. This is going to be exciting. And by the way, on Friday as well, uh, giving away this coffee table book to all fans in attendance. It's great. It's going to be exciting. So, uh, Mike, thank you so much for stopping by, and we look forward to uh, seeing you at the ribbon cutting. Appreciate it, guys. Right. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Mike D, Padres yep, president thanks. and CEO. And don't forget to mark the opening of the Hall of Fame on Friday. Yeah, I said it. Every fan in attendance at Friday's 740 game against the Yankees will receive a Padres Hall of Fame coffee table book presented by Petco. Take home a piece of history. Get your tickets today at Padres.com. When we come back on this beautiful Wednesday, still morning, yeah, still is, here in San Diego, we got more social hour for you right after this. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome on back. Our thanks again to Mike D for stopping by and talking some Hall of Fame. I'm excited to see that thing finally open. Oh, I can't wait part. to see that. Yeah, and the interactive part is really cool too because, as you mentioned previously, when they first planned that thing out, it was, it was going to be a museum, a cool museum, yep. but pretty but static in a certain way. But as you mentioned, now with the technology, it can be constantly evolving and changing and keeping up with the times. Yeah, and it's like a blessing fun. in disguise that yeah. they waited this long to yeah. do it. It's going to be great. And uh, we will be able to check it out before Friday's show, so we'll have a full uh, report card for you uh, when we talk to you on Friday next here from the AMR studio. All right, time now for the uh, Super Cut Tete Challenge. But first, we're going to get to the lineup presented by United Airlines, okay. proud partner of the San Diego Padres. Leading off, it's Melvin Upton Jr. again in center field. Make another catch. Yeah, that'd be nice. Hit another home run. That'd be nice, too. Uh, will Myers. Red hot once more at first base, batting second. Hit another Matt home run. Right field. Yeah, just keep it going, guys. Uh, young Harris Salarte at second base today will hit cleanup. Brett Wallace is at third with Derek Norris back in the line of catching. Alex Dickerson in left. Alexei Ramirez will play shortstop, and Christian Friedrich will take the hill. By the way, Kemp and uh, Brett Wallace, some pretty nice numbers against the man on the mound today. Against so. Gallardo? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's a harbinger of good things yep, to yep. come. And now a little insider training information for the guys yeah. about to make their pick maybe from Bob here. Time for the Super Who's Cut to head Challenge. Uh, well, first we'll give the point from yesterday. Uh, Gracie uh, fell in love with the, the promotion of Alex Dickerson, thought the guy would do something back uh, again in his first night back in the bigs. Went one for five. That one was a single, though, where he got caught over sliding in second base. Blooper had Will Myers, who we've already discussed, had himself a pretty good night with a home run, three ribbies, three walks, and a steal. So the point goes to Blooper. It's now 40-28 to 28 on the season. And uh, to make matters worse, at least for you, Gracie, Blooper has the first pick today, too. Start calling him Seth Myers over there. Jeez. You were wrong <laughs> with uh, your boy being a shortstop, and you are wrong with your pick last night, too. So. Wow. Wow. Uh, He's been saving that for like Smack 25 talking. minutes. Yeah, thinking, yeah. I've been thinking about that like all night. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Will Myers again. Why not? Hey, don't get Grace. rattled. Don't, don't, let the, don't let the smack talking rattle you now. No. All right. Nothing about this guy rattles me. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with Melvin. I mean, after that night, the defense, uh, I, I think he's swinging the bat really well right now. Let's go with Melvin. Even with, Bob's, uh, even with Bob's numbers, I just love what Melvin did last night. That's so. such disrespect to you, Bob. You give them this no, great nugget not, of information, Mike. and these guys just both say forget about it. That's okay. I, I'm, I'm always for the man on the couch. I hope Upton just... No, you're such a man. gas can over there trying to start fire. <laughs> that's that's, that's what I'm here for. Uh, Melvin, five home runs, <laughs> ten ribbies his last 14 games. So a pretty good pick for you, Gracie. Thank you. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at Supercuts.com. We've got more Padres Social Hour on the way. We're back right after this. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. 
Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Again, getting you set for Padres and Orioles, now less than one hour away from first pitch. Uh, you got something, Bob? You no, look I just like thought it was cool. We had a Baltimore Orioles fan over here watching the show for a minute. I had the hat on and the jersey and everything. I just think it's cool to see people coming from the other cities to visit this uh, beautiful ballpark and city of ours, and I hope he's having a good time. Yeah, no, it's been great. And we got, yeah. we got Luigi here, as always. He's saying, no, Padres hat. That's the important <laughs> thing, yeah, <laughs> watching us. Um, we did have uh, James Blake. He's coming in, but we're going to save him for tomorrow because I want to make sure to get a lot of time with him. Don't so want to cheat him. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. I want to give James the time he deserves. So yep. uh, we're going to chat with him uh, after the show, but tune in tomorrow. It'll be our 500th episode. That'll be fun to have that. Nice. Yeah, wow. so we're finally hitting a milestone. Woo! A little round of applause. That's hey, nice. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations, Blooper. Thank you. Surprise day. Surprise you've been able to push the button successfully for that many times. Surprise yeah. he's still alive. Big week for Me Social too. Hour. <laughs> well, that, that's wow. a whole different argument. But <laughs> these two have been just lobbing grenades back and forth. I know. He knows, oh, he knows how stressed out and I was the first year. He knows. All right, so he's yeah. seen this. He's, the he's like my little brother. I got to beat on him a little bit. Oh, I'm like your little brother? Unfortunately. <laughs> you will not hear the end of that now. Uh, no, 500th episode celebration. That'll be tomorrow. And then uh, the Social Hour Hall of Fame opening on Friday. <laughs> quote, unquote, opening the same day as the Real Padres Hall of Fame. Nice. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. Um, all right. Let's talk. Uh, actually, at the very end of the segment last time, we were going through the lineup. I mentioned Alex Dickerson was caught uh, stretching that single into a double. He was caught oversliding the base. And, Gracie, this was one of your other hot takes that we didn't get a chance to talk about earlier. Yeah. Uh, we were having a discussion, you, me, and Jeff Pratt, who's up in the control room with you on Twitter last night. Explain why you think that should not be what it is in the scoreboard. I, I just think he should get credit for a double. He actually made it to second safely, overslid. He should be out stretching to third, technically. Uh, get that extra base on his stat line. I, I think it should have been a double. They do award it. A double if he makes the effort to go to third base. So just the fact that you've touched the base doesn't automatically make it a double. In the eyes of, I mean, I've seen this so many times. I understand your point, but see, he's he's off the bag. He hasn't made an effort to go to third base, so technically he's not safe at second yet. That was my rejoinder okay. last night. Like yeah. if he had overslid and just started getting up and running toward third, then yeah, yeah the double. But once he turns the shoulder back to the bag, then it's uh, he hasn't achieved that double yet because he's trying to to still earn it. All right, fair. I just think you're you giving up that easily. You seem pretty. Well, you guys sound like you've got some technical, uh, technical. That's rules. never stopped you in the past from. I know. I'll just argue, spew so. nonsense, right? <laughs> no, I, I, you, you make it to second base. You establish yourself to second base. I thought that was, you know, you establish yourself safe. You you get credit for that. I, base. I think it's similar to the transfer play on the glove. Just because the ball hits your mitt doesn't necessarily mean that you have control of it. Well, that's a different thing, though. That's like an actual out safe versus just a scoring well, ruling play because. Whether he gets a single or a double has no real impact on the game. It's just more a statistical. It's going to matter in his arbitration hearing. That's, that will. That, yeah, was, that was exactly <laughs> my point. Get the guy an extra base, you know, bump the slugging percentage up a little bit, he hit the ball hard. Yeah, ownership is talking Blue to the rules keepers right now. It's like, nope, no Keep double. Keep it a single. Keep exactly. it a single. Blooper wants to chime in here. What do you got? Because I'm like his little brother. I agree with Grace. Oh, jeez. Oh. We're going to have that now. You're still going to get a beat down after the show from Big Brother. It doesn't matter. Superpowers unite. Oh, yes. <laughs> Too much. Um, by the way, we mentioned I also want to just tie up a loose end here. Andrew Castor and his rehab start last night. So the full line, three innings, two hits, no walks, a strikeout, 38 pitches to get through three innings up at Lake Elsinore. Uh, what's the one thing, quickly, Bob, before we step aside here, that you're, you're hoping he comes back having learned or worked on or gotten some perspective on? No, I just on hope him. he's healthy at this point. I mean, that's, that's what that's he's working on at this point. point. And the other thing I think he did great when we saw him pitching inside a little bit more and moving some feet, I'd like to see him come back and continue to do that on, upon his return. Yeah, and at the Padres already talking six-man rotation, limiting innings, Eric Johnson not succeeding, as we talked about already. So a healthy, successful Andrew Castro will be of paramount importance to this team uh, heading to the All-Star break and beyond. 
Hey guys, Ghostbusters Day at Petco Park is just around the corner. Friday, July 15th, before the Padres slime the Giants at 740. Purchase a special Ghostbusters theme game ticket package and receive a limited edition Will Myers Ghostbusters bobblehead. He busts opposing pitchers, he busts ghosts, he does it all. Get tickets at Padres.com slash theme games. We come back to put the finishing touches on this edition of Padres Social Hour. Don't go anywhere. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Tomorrow for episode number 500 in Social Hour history, we'll have Bill Center and Annie Halloran joining me at noon. We'll have that James Blake interview for you uh, as well. And I think we're going to try and do a little countdown, some of the top moments in Social Hour history. So awesome. make sure to tune in for are that. Are you involved in any of those? I mean, mean, are there any? Probably ma- not. Uh, Probably not. We'll wait and uh, see. Maybe, maybe they're all great. Maybe it's they the top five great yeah. moments. Yeah. A couple tweets now to get to. Now that I'm his brother, it's all, all great <laughs> right. moments. There, it was zero grace moments before today, and now it's all five. Now nice. that that relationship has well, been established. Well, you just intimidated him. Love, oh, you. Yeah. Love you, Blue. Yeah. Oh, a couple tweets before we head out here. Julio Grado, who we saw on the field, last night before the game, Mr. San Diego. Uh, my son got to be the play ball kid at yesterday's game. Thank you, Padres, for this moment. Hey, nice. good job, kid. Yeah, congratulations awesome. on that. Always fun. I mean, when you're that age, you know, little play youngster. Yeah, ex- he yeah, did a great job great. last night, Is too. That, that your blooper voice? That's the one that <laughs> sounds very similar to what Grace does when well, he's That's about the him. age the blooper was just a few moments ago when we talked about Ghostbusters night. He During just the got excited like a yeah. seven-year-old. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> Kevin Crotty so tweeting in as well. We were talking who's the best center fielder you've seen, and he says, best in my lifetime has to be a toss-up between Mike Trout and my 12-year-old Little League self. Ah, a little pat on wow, the back. Wow, yeah. all right. That's yeah, a Mike Janela right. level self-congratulation <laughs> uh, if I've ever seen one. Nice. Um, awesome. So, uh, by the way, also tomorrow, we haven't had time to talk about him, but Austin Hedges, two more home runs yesterday. Unbelievable. He's got was eight, yeah, eight in his last nine. We're going to do a little deep dive on him and other prospects down on the farm because he's been tearing Won't it be up. Won't be long before he's sitting on this couch, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree, and yeah. it's something that everyone keeps asking. When's Renfro coming up? Marco, Hedges, when are these guys coming? It'll take time, but when it gets here, it should be pretty exciting days. So, a lot to look forward to. It really yeah. is. Will be. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, episode 499. You couldn't quite make the, uh, the ceremony. That's all right. Proud show, to be able to set yeah. it up for tomorrow. Have fun, guys. You'll be back on Friday, right, Bob, for the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Social Hour Hall of Fame. Bob Scanlon will be there in person. Thank you, Grace, for your back-to-backs the last two days. Thank you, Mike D, for stopping by. And uh, Blooper, congrats on your new place in Mike Grace's heart. Best day ever. (laughs) And thanks, everyone. Everyone here in person, everyone watching at home, watching Social Hours. See ya!